Okay, we won't yes, do that. We'll no, no, that's gonna be like the intro in, isn't it? That's it. That's all you're gonna have in there. Man, I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, you've said it now. This is gonna be a fantastic episode. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. You're listening to another episode of Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry. Joining us this morning at the podcast table is the visionary behind the very popular Finn Flukra, Katrina Duthie, a Glasgow-based Shetlander who specialises in creating bespoke and stylish celebrations for couples who are looking for something with a personal, meaningful and tailored touch. We'll be talking to Kat about her business and especially about her unrivaled book of creative contacts that we've heard so much about, but also about networking, relationship building, brand awareness. Well, turns out this episode is pretty packed today. If organisation isn't really your thing, you're not alone, but keep listening as we speak to Kat about her skills in both running a wedding day and running a wedding business, from software applications to tips you can implement yourself to put you back on schedule. This episode is, of course, sponsored by with Jack. Insurance for freelancers and creatives. However, I'm going to get onto that a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, Greg, pour us those beautiful Sky Grounds. Sky Grounds? You mean the coffee we're drinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so our friend Lynn Kennedy, who's a good photographer up in Sky, sent us some coffee. Mm-hmm. It's from Sky Coffee Roasters, and it's called... I'm going to try and pronounce this. <laughs> Luckily, on the bag... <laughs> Luckily on the bag they have how to pronounce it, like phonetically. Oh, that right? that's good. Okay. So it's Skewnach Jirak, and it translates to from Red Sky or from Sky Red. Uh, is so this, that's what we're drinking. Is, is this is this is this Gaelic? Is that what that is? I Gaelic? assume so. Cool. It sounded Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Well, I'm looking at the bag and I don't recognise any words on there. <laughs> so we're gonna pour some of that. Yes. And We've got Kat here with us. Hello, Kat. And Hi, she's guys. drinking a tea. Yeah, salted caramel green tea. Yes. And she actually brought in her own tea. <laughs> and I'm very happy about this because on her website, it says that she's a, uh, a custard cream and a green tea fan. Now, we did actually buy green tea for you. Uh, but I didn't have any custard creams because my kids kept me away from the store. <laughs> but that's Excuses. good. That, but that, that's fine. In fact, what, where's your custard creams? <gasps> they're not on the table. Oh yeah, they're in my bag. Bloody! <laughs> I'll go grab them. I'll go grab them. I'll go grab them. Roast <sighs> does that. Let's taste this coffee. Yes, I I brewed it up in the espresso yesterday just to get it dialed in. Oh really? But Chemex today because it says on it it's got the recipe for how to make the espresso to their specifications. Fifty percent Brazil, twenty five Indian, and twenty five Colombian. That's not the recipe for the espresso though. That's the breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, there's no words on this I can understand, <laughs> even English words. Um, uh, would this be it, the espresso recipe? I suppose it would yeah. be. Dose, 18.5G, yield, 35G, extraction time, 27 to 30 seconds. A bit of a bigger dose than we normally go. But yeah. It tasted cool. nice on espresso. I haven't had any yet. I'm going to do this nice on the mic. Good. You Chocolate butchered tea? it, Greg. You butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> how's the twinings How, tea? How's the tea? <laughs> is it twinings? Tea's good. It is twinings. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, yeah, they do all different flavours. Coconut... Chocolate, cherry bakewell. So yeah, I do like green tea, but I probably should have been a bit more specific in the fact that I prefer 
flavored green tea. Oh, uh, right, okay. so, but you want right. to know, you want to know, you want to yeah. know. So fair play. And all the all the fancy ones, Bakewell. Your cherry Bakewell. Can you? I didn't even know that was a thing in green tea. Caramelized apple, gingerbread. Yeah, I'm a I'm a tea connoisseur. Susie will appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they okay, Susie, Susie green won't appreciate tea. this. <laughs> Moving Brutal. on swiftly. <laughs> well, uh, a fun fact before we go on, just because I like to embarrass myself. For years, I thought that was called twinnings. 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 <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, I can get that. I can understand that. We're definitely establishing a pattern here where I'm just not good at words. Yeah. It's fine. I'm dyslexic. Anyway... How are you doing? I'm good. So, <laughs> attempt to, without influence from me, the mm-hmm. business name, what would your initial attempt at pronouncing it been? Oh, God. Because <laughs> I heard Jo on here a wee while back, and God love her, Finn. she was She Finn, struggled. Yeah. And I would have gone flukra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect. It, the, 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 the double, I can't remember what that letter um, is. I want to say it's an umlet or umplet. That's or, German, okay. isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah it that's is. it, yeah. Uh, that would have confused me, but I just would have gone for the way I would normally say the word. Nice. You nailed it. So is yeah. that That's pure, a pass. purely aesthetical or is that traditional to Shetlands? So it's not traditional to Shetlandic, as um, <laughs> some of my friends like to say. So it wouldn't normally have the little German umlaut or, I don't know what that is called, but an umlaut. So yeah, in Shetlandese, it wouldn't have that on there. It would actually be pronounced flukra. So for obvious reasons... <laughs> We made a, a decision that um, that would probably make it a little bit easier and more gentler sounding. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, in Shetland, the word is pronounced flukra. <laughs> and we're all just saying it wrong and you're just letting it happen. You're, you're okay to... Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You would have said it right. It it's kind of like, it's kind of like um, Nike or Nike, Adidas yeah. or Adidas. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's right, who's wrong? Cinema or cinemate. Yeah, don't, don't, oh, yeah, cinemate. We've only just cinemate. let that go last it feels, year. It feels like people have don't, stopped saying that don't now. bring it back. Yeah, let's, let's bring that back. Let's, people listen to this podcast. <laughs> My God. The Cinemate podcast. Oh, no, no. How's your week been? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good. Um, I had a wedding last, well, actually a week today, last Friday. Joe and Liam's pals got married um, oh, at the right. Tin Shed in Fintry last Friday. So, Oh, very cool. Yasmin Bride is from Austria. Dave the Grim was from Paisley. So they live in Austria now and they wanted a bit of a hand. So Joe was like, get your girl cat on it. And yeah, um, yeah so it was a great day. Really good. Yeah. Joe was bridesmaid and Liam was all kilted up part of the wedding party. So it was nice for them as well. It was good. They were kind of like chill out and yeah. actually yeah. enjoy the wedding I was going to say I hope they weren't they weren't working no they no weren't, do so the photos uh, so yeah Alexandra so uh, yeah uh, oh, good choice yeah brilliant her and Sam were just mm-hmm. lovely so again one of those ones where known each other through Instagram for ages mm-hmm. finally got to meet so um, yeah it was a great day rained a little bit but we actually managed to have the drinks reception outside, so that's half the battle yeah. right there. Um, so yeah, really good day, nice and chilled. They had their dog there, Domino, little daughter Sadie, who's five months, dogs, babies at a wedding, yeah. chilled mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. in a farm. Life awesome. is good. Sounds good. <laughs> good, yeah. good, good, good weather. I remember it rained on Friday evening. So it was raining in the morning. We'd uh-huh. already kind of committed to the fact that we were going to have the ceremony inside because mm-hmm. regardless, it was going to be cold anyway. Mm-hmm, so right. we just decided, look, let's not do the risk of in out in out which Shake all about. exactly yeah, exactly there we go um so yeah we committed to do it inside um oh. and then it brightened up just in time to be able to do the drinks outside and the yeah. photos outside which yeah 
because it was yeah. pelting it down during the ceremony. Oh, I actually started bucketing down, oh. um, and I was like, "Oh, please, please, please!" But yeah, it stayed fine. And then it was a wee bit rainy later, but mm. by that time, everybody was like, "Whatever." And um, Yasmin's dress was just absolutely bogging at the back. Yeah, she didn't care. She was just having a great time. So yeah, it was very really good. Cool. Very cool. Best kind of couple that you can get. The ones that just like enjoy it and don't get too hung up on the. Oh, I want to keep everything perfect because yeah. perfect doesn't really exist. So exactly. And when they do that sort of don't care about the dress, it's going to get dirty. That's yeah. where the photographers and the filmmakers are like, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, you can relax. So she was yeah. like that, cardigan on, getting her big boots on for going and doing the photos. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just wanted to really enjoy her day and that's it. You s- stop worrying because you're only wearing it the one day. So what difference does it make if it gets absolutely bogging? Like, I've yeah. always thought that. Yeah, why, why? why are we so protective about the dress? You'll only wear once. Yeah, Although, mine's is absolutely bogging at the back. Alexa on last week's episode says that she puts it on every anniversary. So She puts it back on. Except for that one year she was too fat. I love you, Lexi. That was her own words. I do that too, though. <laughs> do you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got my dress from Flossie. Maybe it's more, pl- maybe maybe it's more common Dossie. than you know. Yeah, oh. well, actually, do you know what it was? i seen this thing. I can't even mind what it was, but there was this... Um, Facebook story or something and this girl puts her wedding dress on on her anniversary every year and goes out and does something so I had like pictures of her out playing golf um, just like random things each year but she just puts her wedding dress yeah. on and goes and does something on her anniversary and yeah. I was like that's kind of cool so I don't go out and do anything but it's kind of like more like the scene from Friends where they're all sitting on the, the chair <laughs> watching a bit of TV I mean Wendy yeah. made it from Flossie and Dossie why would I not want to wear that again that's so true. yeah so yeah. I do but um, yeah so I, I don't care I will happily embrace that I wear it every year just even for a little while oh, and it goes well, back in the cover well you know what i i'm sorry if i insulted anyone out there listening who do, puts on puts on their wedding dress but who do we know we're just two males just we don't know these things so. yeah, but guys get to like wear their kilts again yeah. like normally i'm like like my husband obviously kilt most no, i'm not saying everybody does but yeah guys wear their kilts all the time so mm. um it's to balance the fact that for women they tend to buy a dress for every occasion yeah so we just buy one to make do and that kind of balances it out. Yeah, yeah. okay. We'll go, and I can we'll say go, that we'll as a married person. It's quite okay. an expensive one though. Yeah, it helps quite yeah. an investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah it kills an investment piece because if you yeah. actually work out where to cost ratio, it probably actually works out really well whereas a dress, mm-hmm. you wear it the once. So, yeah, it's not a sustainable choice. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Simon, you were that, at Glen Eagles at the weekend. Well, yeah, that's actually really funny because I too was working with Sam. And I was working alongside Christina and Jay Golian. Oh, Elemental, yeah. Elemental Photography, uh, previous guest on the show. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, they had hired us. Uh, actually, it was just me, um, hired me to to make some, or to capture some video content for their uh, photo and video package. So that was me on the weekend. It was great. So the it was the first year that Glen Eagles had put on their adventure race day. Oh which, yeah, I've seen that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was great. Not many... Uh, competitors there was only 19 overall um, though I think they're kind of treating this as a more like just gathering marketing material yeah. and kind of testing out the route you know but it was a 5k row in Canadian kayaks I believe and then it was a 25k run and then a 45k cycle I might have butchered those numbers is it a kayak so was, run yeah so it's like the alternative triathlon. Instead of swimming, we'll just throw a kayak in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I think because they were they were running uh, through a mountain pass. Now I can't 
I can't remember. So they were running to the top of a uh, summit of a mountain or a Monroe, I should say, and then no, they're mountains. They're, they're they're mountains. They are mountains. Yeah, they, they are mountains. Many mountains. Uh, it, mountains. Was, it was snow capped, so I thought, <laughs> you know, if, if they're swimming and then getting to do that, that they're going to be absolutely freezing. Yeah. Um. So it was me and Christina as a as a team trying to get from point A to B to C back to the hotel. And uh, we managed to do it, and it was great. It's funny when you're doing these kind of events where it's more you're, you're having to be at a certain location trying to beat the racers yeah. there. <laughs> I, I, exactly. The, you're you're the actually pressure. racing the racers. <laughs> yeah, that's the pressure. And no, if you're in a Land Rover and they're in a kayak, yeah. surely you can beat them. And nobody's got a stopwatch <laughs> on you, to so, be fair. <laughs> if we were in the Land Rovers, actually, we would not have beaten them. Uh, they actually got me to drive my car. Oh, all right. I thought you were going to say speedboat. I was like, oh, that would be amazing. Speedboat. Speedboat. Uh, Next year. <laughs> a helicopter. A helicopter. Yeah, that's I, it. I'll take a helicopter. Hand glided in just to get yeah. the aerial shots. You listen to this, Jay. Up your game. Come on. <laughs> and yeah, we, we after the transition point, uh, the third transition point, I raced because we were lagging behind because there was quite a difference <laughs> between the first racer and the the next two, oh, so we okay. kind of sacrificed a bit of filming uh, okay, of racers uh, to having to to just race straight to Glen Eagles. That <laughs> was proper racing. It was it was fast. It was maybe illegal, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. And we did beat the cyclists, and all was well in the world. All good. It, it looked good. good fun. I was following along at home on it Insta was. stories, watching <laughs> Elemental story, Simon story. Yeah, yeah. Glen Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I needed to to do some more filming, <laughs> yeah. and then be like, "So I'm here <laughs> at transition point two because I, I just couldn't I couldn't film any of the racers coming in. So literally, it's just me at point A holding a walkie-talkie, me at point B doing something, other scenery stuff. There's no racers in in the uh, Instagram. And uh, you feel the all. pressure though when you're trying to do something like I'll do some behind the scenes stuff and it's either okay I've actually got some time but I don't want to risk doing something because something might happen yeah. and I might yeah. miss it yeah, so yeah. and then you're like oh you get to the end of the day like oh I started off you actually start off going hi I'm going to do some behind the scenes today and then the next thing is like and here's some footage of the first dance <laughs> what day. a great day <laughs> yeah, it's been so good <laughs> so yeah I totally get that because you find that balance of you're constantly waiting or yeah. you don't think you should because something might happen and you don't want to miss it yeah. so yeah I get it yeah. I totally get it yeah. we usually get to the couple shoot and because there's two of us I'll leave the photographers and Simon to take the lead shooter roles yep. and I'll just step back and get a behind the scenes of them doing their thing and I'm like yay managed to get something of behind <laughs> yeah, the scenes yeah exactly because <laughs> at least with the two of you you have that balancing yeah. act of being able to and I always feel like as the planner on the date if somebody catches me faffing about on my phone I think they're going to be like isn't she supposed to be like doing something yeah, you know yeah. and I always have that guilt of god if somebody catches me it's just like oh yeah well the wedding planner was too busy to deal with that because she was obviously on her phone so mm. yeah there is mm. that guilt as well which is daft because yeah. ultimately it's like a two minute thing so yeah, yeah. E- even even other professional suppliers who know what social media looks like when you're on the phone working like I was doing that at Glen Eagles <laughs> and Christine was like you having fun on social media yeah. there you, you, you want to get back to work I'm like I am working <laughs> this is part of work there's nothing happening yeah. but uh, talking about racing in cars uh, your honeymoon sounded awesome yeah we did Route 66 for a honeymoon so yeah. I got married back in 2015 so mm-hmm. disclaimer there it was a while ago um, feels like an attorney no I'm joking it doesn't it doesn't I jest I jest um, if my hubby listens um, so um, yeah we did Route 66 so mm-hmm. we kind of made a decision that we wanted to do 
a honeymoon or a, ho- a holiday that was going to stand out from the rest. Yeah. We didn't want another beach holiday or just a city break. Yeah. So it was a toss up between the Pacific Coast Highway and Route 66. Mm. So we went with Route 66. And for people out there who don't know what Route 66 is, can you describe it very quickly? It is the mother road across America. It's over, well, just under 3,000 miles from Chicago to Santa Monica Pier. Um, it used to be the sort of main route running through America. It no longer officially exists. It's kind of made up of patchwork roads and obviously a lot of the interstates have kind of taken over a lot of what it used to do Mm -hmm. Um, so it was decommissioned officially in like 1986 so to navigate across it you have to have about well several different guidebooks that kind of will talk you through turnoffs and where to go um wow. but yeah it's amazing we did, like yeah, a good amazing. test for a marriage yeah, yeah for start, <laughs> starters yeah, yeah straight out yeah so that was it so um yeah the plan was that we were going to do half and half driving and navigating um and then i did a little bit of the driving and i just could not get used to being on the opposite sides yeah. andrew is useless at navigating so <laughs> we kind of decided quite early on i would navigate and he would drive and that worked really well yeah. um I'm not going to say there wasn't those moments where you're sitting in the middle of nowhere in like a dusty desert ghost town going, where the hell are we? Um, Hills of eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was when you're in the middle of Kansas and there's like a gas station with two little old style um, fill up station and a guy with the dungarees and the baseball cap standing staring at you. You're just like, okay, we need to get out of here right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> that literally is the start of every American horror. Yeah, well, horror yeah. Movie. We pulled in and um, Andrew managed to, bear in mind, was halfway through the trip, pulled in and managed to get the fill up on the wrong side. So pulled up and obviously we were supposed to fill up on the other side. So I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. And then he reversed. He just drove around to the other side. Obviously, the pump's still on the wrong side. So yep. I still, and this guy stared, <laughs> this guy stared at us, like staring at us out the window. I couldn't stop laughing. He got out and then he was ages. And I was like, why is he not filling up? And then came back into the car, harassed and sped off. And I was like, what happened? He goes, I couldn't get the pump to work. It just it wouldn't go down. So I walked in and I was like, the guy. And I laugh because I always think, He's not, he's not English, but I always call him like Hugh Grant because he's, so po- he's so polite. He's so terribly polite. Yeah. And in, in America, that just comes across even more so. So excuse me, I'm really sorry, but I just can't seem to get the, pull the handle down, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Runs out, <laughs> fills it, off we go. So I, yeah, that's, that's one of my favourite memories of the trip, I have to say. Oh, uh, sounds like a good honeymoon. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, we did a pit stop in Vegas. Not part of Route 66, but it's about 90 miles north of like point on Route 66. So we uh-huh. did a four night pit stop in... We did, it was like just over three weeks. So it was basically, we were away for nearly a month. Um, so yeah, we did four nights in Vegas as well, which was just... Did you gamble? Oh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, like, if my husband had his way, it'd have been like, put it all on black. So we yeah. didn't put it all on black, but we, put, we went down in the morning, put $100 on black, came up red done oh, <laughs> got in on our way out to the Grand Canyon just walked past one of the tables and I was like shall we just shall we do it just put $100 on I go for it red oh. red's my lucky colour I knew I should have put on red <laughs> um, yeah that was it so um, yeah but um, have you been to Vegas? I've not nope Oh, I cannot recommend it enough. If this was a travel podcast, I could fill it for like an hour just talking about how amazing Vegas is. So yeah, but um, the whole trip was great. I can't say there was anything that was bad about it, but yeah, Vegas was pretty standout, I have to say. Mm -hmm. I always like to ask this in the most awkward way. Oh, good. I love awkward. Let's go for it. Who are you? And what do you do? (laughs) 
So, yeah, who are you? What do you do? So, I'm uh, Katrina Duthie, but everybody just calls me Kat. I am a wedding planner extraordinaire um, of Finn Flutcra. Flutcra, see, you were pronouncing it right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about the name Finn Flutcra. Finn Flutcra. I want to say that now. I want to yeah, say it right. Ah! I get it, but Finn Flutcra. Finn Flutcra. Right. Cool theme for a business. Uh, where did it come from? So, I can't take well, I can take credit in the fact that it's obviously came from my Shetland roots mm. so I am born and bred in Shetland island girl um Are you and one of the weird ones no because my mum's from down here so the the bloodline's been diluted cool. so <laughs> it's all good it's all good yeah I know all the jokes <laughs> yes we have electricity yes we have television yes we have the internet Just so, we have our own dialect um so a lot of people always go oh is it Gaelic or Gaelic that they, you speak up there and it's nothing like that like we're not bagpipes we're not tartan we um we, the royal we, Orkney and Shetland used to belong to Scandinavia 500 years ago. So a lot of our um, culture, our heritage and our language is strongly influenced as a result of that. Um, so we have our own dialect. So um, Finn Flukra is a part of that dialect. I don't want to say language, although it does feel like a different language. Um, is it kind of like how... Doric is kind of classed as a language nowadays. Is Did it? you not say something about yeah, that? Yeah, that's because it is, is it, it's isn't been, it? Uh, it's not a language, remember. but it's kind of being classified as one at the moment. Yeah, because it's like in Scotland, you've got English, Scots, and then Gaelic are the three Aye. sort of recognised languages. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a dialect. But, you know, for example, you know, the start of the podcast, you guys ask, oh, so how are you? What are we up to? So if that was me up in Shetland, I would be saying, oh, who's do, Greg? What was do, Dusterine? I don't know, but something's down the stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, foos do, what was do, uh-huh. foos do, how are you? Okay. What was do, where were you? Okay. The stream, which you'll never get, is last night. So, how are you? Right. Where were you last night? Aww. It's a really, really different different yeah. dialects really yeah i like the sound of it though it's very sing-songy it's very yeah. lilty um my husband when he first went up described it his first night with me and my extended family was just like you could have been speaking french <laughs> like i genuinely struggled to keep up so yeah the the word finn in flukra comes as part of um shetland dialect you can actually go on and look it up at the shetland dictionary it actually has all of the different words and what they mean in shetland so there you go some homework for you guys Come oh, so you're not going to tell us could you please tell our listeners what it means? Yeah, so Finn, they could be in the shower. They could be driving. They might not have a fair play. Um, so Finn is sort of to find or to feel. So um, that's what that kind of means. And then Flutcra, which is how it would be pronounced in Shetland, um, means large flurries of snowflakes. All right, it was starting to get rude there. <laughs> you just made it just awkward there. Like, what did you do that for? I'm sorry. Oh, Everyone's know. thinking it. Yeah, nice. Well, everybody's thinking it now. <laughs> um, so yeah, large flurries of snowflakes. Um, and a snowflake is something that's a one-off. It's a unique thing. Mm. Um, so that's the sort of idea behind the name. So yeah. I can't take full credit for the name. Down to those waspies. Uh, yes. yes. Well, actually, I, I I actually love the name and I love the meaning behind it. Uh, joking aside, obviously, uh, I thought it was beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful I do. I, I'm and, uh, really chuffed with it um, yeah. because it does draw on something that's unique. It's my home. It's part of my background, and it absolutely depicts something that's you know a strong vision, and it's very relevant to wedding planning in terms of you're yeah. wanting to create something that's a unique experience to yeah. find and to feel, discover something that's a one-off. So, yeah. absolutely, I think it encapsulates all of that. Whilst yeah. keeping it true to me. So before let, let, let's let's start right at the beginning. How did how did you get into event planning? Back in 2012, me and my then 
my now husband but then boyfriend and um, we're just kind of talking about career path future I worked in um, retail at the time and I was like this just isn't what I want to do and we started talking about well, what are the things that I enjoy what are the things that I'm good at and it was him actually that was like be considered wedding planning it plays to all of your strengths and I think you'd be really good at it and I was kind of like mm, wedding planning really um so I just kind of started doing research then um looked into it did a bit of research in terms of the local market um did a course through the UK Alliance of Wedding Planners down in London oh yeah um so I did an online course with them and went really well and then I did that classic thing that I think we're all guilty of perhaps um is who would who would hire me like plan a wedding I've not I've not even planned like my own wedding uh, yeah. like why would anybody plan like why would anybody trust me to plan such a big thing mm. so I kind of shelved it put it on the back shelf and then life kind of got in the way and then during the sort of planning my own wedding I was kind of like actually I should have really stuck this stuck with this mm-hmm. so then I went down to London and actually did two courses down in London two 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 two-day courses with the UK Alliance of Wedding Planners to get a real understanding of actually what does it involve the business practicalities of setting up and also the actual practicalities of what's involved in planning a wedding yeah so as opposed to going oh i'm planning my own wedding i can then therefore plan other people's weddings um you're not spending your own money when you're doing that so you've got to be it's a very different very different thing uh-huh. so yeah i did that and then um put out a few planners um, in the area and said look i want to come and shadow intern and after doing that i launched and very cool. didn't look back <laughs> did, you, did you gather any marketing material from your own wedding? Is that so? I use a couple of pictures. I think obviously, I'd, what I did is I actually went out and um, did a couple of style shoots to try and give myself imagery. I think sure. it's really difficult as a planner because you aren't you don't have a product to show at the end of it. Yeah, it is really difficult. You know, photographers, yeah. videographers, you all have something to physically show at the end of it, whereas we don't. Mm. So you're trying to sort of encapsulate. This is what I can help you create. So I went around and kind of reached out to different people in the industry and said, look, I'm putting together style shoots. This is who I am. This is what I want to do. Would you be interested in contributing and pull together a couple of style shoots just as I was launching? Yeah. And I was able to use that along with a couple of images from my own wedding because I deliberately didn't want to rely on my own wedding pictures. It just felt a little, not dishonest, but... Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Opportunist? Yeah, I think... I, 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 yeah, I don't know if that's the right word either, but... I'm- Completely. Do you get what I mean? And I understand, I completely understand that. I'm not saying that I haven't done it because there are, if you look through my Instagram feed, there's a few images dotted in there and that's absolutely fine. But I deliberately Mm. didn't want to just use my whole visual launch to be my own wedding. So yeah, Mm. I went out and and kind of put together styled shoots. Um, In fact, the first style shoot that I did, Melody Joy, who was on, she was the photographer on it. So um, Instagram, feelers, um, Mm. hi, I'm looking to do this. She was trying to sort of build up a reputation over in Scotland. Of course. Yeah, so she she did the first shoot with me. Um, So yeah, it was really good. And she's done another one with me since as well. So Mm. I love um, her images, so good. Yeah, she's got just stunning absolutely stunning um and she's such a lovely person she's so she nice yeah. she's such yeah. a sweetheart so yeah so she kind of helped me with my first shoot mm-hmm. did another one and went from there did you when you were starting up did you instantly think this is going to be my own business or freelance or did you look to get employment with someone i, I knew i wanted to do it for myself but i also am not naive enough to think it's still a relatively new market 
I say relatively new market, it's still a relatively untapped local market. I think a lot of local couples perhaps don't necessarily see the benefit of a wedding planner. Yeah. A lot of um, overseas couples absolutely do. I think they realise that they're not based here in the country. They need to get somebody that will be on the ground and help them. But for me, I always knew I wanted to, to do it for myself, but I needed to build up that experience. And to build up that experience, I had to build relationships with others in the industry. So I did reach out to a lot of planners and said, look, I'd like to offer my support, help, yeah. services. Out of the 10 that I mailed, three came back to me. That was nice. Um, <laughs> and only one of them actually offered me an opportunity. So um, Weddings by Sarah Jane. You guys have worked with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love Sarah Jane. Mm-hmm. So, and she's been great. Yeah. Fair business on to me. I've done support for her. I've actually represented her on a couple of her weddings where she's maybe not been able to go. And um, that's allowed me to build up my experience, build up my knowledge, build up my contacts. And also have somebody else that's in the field that kind of gets it. And yeah. you guys all know that as well. It's nice to have that bank of people that you can rely on, refer to, or even just, you know, share stories with, with regards to some of the frustrations that you have. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I, and I still continue to support Sarah. Um, I'm going to be um, working for her on a wedding in July this year as well. And that's really important to, to have that sort of relationships, yeah. I think. Yeah. Do we have a wedding come, coming up with her? Monday. It's Monday, it's right? Monday. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's very soon. I know. I, I can't remember if it was this one, the next one. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love Sarah Jane. She's lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Yeah. So, Finn Fulker is created. And you've obviously mentioned one at Wasp. Yeah. So, Waspies. Yeah. You went to them with a brand already? No. I launched initially, I think, which a lot of people do. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Simple as. You just don't know what you don't know. Yes. And I also didn't necessarily have the funds to be able to invest in Slick website as much as I would have liked to. Mm. And also, I think there's an element of you could launch, pay all that money, get it all done. And then a year in, two years in, you suddenly realize, actually, this is not the direction I want to take my business. And then you have yeah. to pay for it all over again. Yes. And I think a lot of people will resonate with that <laughs> from speaking to a lot of people mm. so I did that classic thing of I went to freelance um, graphic designer got my logo created picked my own name was originally so inspired this name guys love cat d weddings awesome yeah mm-hmm. loving it mm-hmm. 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 had a purple love heart in my logo and everything so <laughs> yes yes I know <laughs> but you know it was all mine and I, I, I you know I, I used a a website building platform and I kind of created a basic website for myself. Mm. I, you know, I'm incredibly proud of it because I did it all myself and I am not remotely technically minded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew it was enough to get me started and that's what I needed to do. It's a case of don't let the great get in the way of the good. Yep. Just get out there, start doing it. I'm not saying it should look crap. <laughs> and I don't mean that badly. It's a very visual industry that we're in. So yes. you have to obviously ensure that you are putting out an aesthetic that you want to attract in terms of a client base. Mm. But I still was trying to figure out where my market was and where was it going to come from. And um, after about a year and a half, I had a better idea of what I wanted, where I wanted to go. And I had then, you know, built up, you know, the funds to be able to go, actually, do you know what, I can actually invest in getting something done here that's more in line with my vision going forward. And that's when I was like... David Gale, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about Lisa Devlin and how we we're going to go for sponsorship money because we mentioned farmers <laughs> so much. I think uh, one that was, but I think yeah. I'm going to come for you I'm now. Pretty sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've told David before that he should be paying for this. <laughs> to, to be fair, that's what I'm going after this. <laughs> to, I've got some more work they're going to do for me and that I'm is, actually being David this afternoon. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, say hello to David for us. Uh, <laughs> so once Walnut Wasp had the branding and the website and 
all that stuff and it launched, what's been the biggest thing that you've noticed change from Love Cat D to Finn Flukra? The the quality of the inquiries that I get, absolutely night and day um and conversion as well actually yeah. being able to go and say this is this is my service this is what it's going to cost and not being questioned or challenged on it um mm. that has been the biggest thing for me is just actually getting couples who really resonate with my vibe and are you know they want their wedding to be something they want they don't want their wedding to be formal fussy and stuffy they want to be able to have a good time enjoy it and they're not precious about things they're willing to take my advice listen and yeah, it's that's been the de- the biggest difference for me is just absolutely nailing that side of things and having the confidence to actually go. No, this is this is the value that I place yeah. in the service, and if mm-hmm. you don't see that, that's fine. But that has not really happened nowhere near as much since the rebrand. Definitely. Yeah. So you're talking about all the kind of positive aspects of certain couples that are now coming to you. What is your ideal client? Yeah, I, I suppose, do, yeah. not, as you mentioned earlier, not everybody especially in the UK, thinks about getting a wedding planner? I describe it as, and it's really interesting because I actually say this to, when I'm doing a consultation with my couple and they usually start talking about, oh God, you know, so expensive. Oh, I didn't realise how wedding and everything's so much more expensive when you plan a wedding. And oh, they they don't necessarily know what they don't know. Mm. And I very much compare it to, you sit and you watch parents, friends drive your entire life. You watch people drive a car. You can see how a car's driven, you know, fundamentally how it works. But nobody expects you to just jump into the front seat and set off and drive straight away. Wedding plan is a bit like that. You might have seen your friends plan a wedding. You might have even been best man, usher. You might have been involved in the wedding party. Very different when it comes to planning your own wedding and the actual nuances and well intentions of those who love you um, (laughs) start to put that pressure on you. And actually having a wedding planner come in and help navigate the logistics, help educate you. I think that's a big part of what I find my job is, is education for the couples. I think for me, you know, that is, that's exactly what, you know, I want a client who wants to invest in their wedding, who wants to actually understand and yeah, sees value in the service that I offer and understands actually you're paying, they're paying for their time back. That's what they're effectively doing. They're paying to get their time back and actually reduce their stress levels. And only a certain type of client is going to appreciate that. People who don't necessarily have the time will go, actually, do you know what? I will pay somebody to do that for me because that's fantastic. And will trust me to to make, you know, the right decisions for them and make the right choices and recommendations for them and what they want. Mm. so I feel like I've rambled there. So uh, what was the question again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm a rambler. I think that answered it pretty well. And I, yes. like, I like the analogy of the driving instructor. It's yes. true though. Like, it's such a true thing. Works because quite well, yeah. You don't, you don't get into a car after watching everybody else do it and go, yeah, I've nailed mm. this. Woohoo, let's mm. go. Because that, there's so many things you just don't know. Yeah. yeah. You need yeah. someone to be ready to slam on the br- brakes <laughs> and the joke drop. No, 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 no. Don't spend your money on that. Yeah. yeah. That's not a good decision. Yeah. And that's why we describe weddings that have gone horribly wrong as car crashes. Well, yeah, actually, you know what? That's, <laughs> that's it's, that's actually, like, it's so true. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really interesting thing because don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every inquiry that I've ever gotten has, you know, since the rebrand has nailed it. But it's very much a case of when, you they, you know, you start to chat to a couple and, oh, I mean, I want all of this for my florals but I've been quoted this amount. I mean, is that a lot? And I have to sort of really be honest and go, no, no, it's yeah. not. And actually, this is why. And I will talk them through and make them, and you not make them, but help them understand. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going out to Tesco's and picking up a £10 bouquet. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, fill your boots, but, you know, fine. But you're not just paying for that. So it is a big part of what I do is trying to help them understand that when they say that phrase of, 
so expensive. And generally speaking, the type of client that is coming to me, once I sit down and actually go through things with them, you can see the sort of penny drop in a moment of, I've never really thought about it like that before and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. And then they can make an informed decision. Do they still want to spend their money on that particular yeah. element of the wedding? Great. And if not, that's absolutely fine. But mm-hmm. it gives them that understanding of what goes into that service. So yeah, yeah. it's a big part of what I find I, I do as part of my role. Uh, you've definitely got an inner criminal inside you. Inner- <laughs> I will make them understand. That is going to be the start of this podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, Actually, another thing that you said uh, that I'd never thought about is the fact that you're kind of like a patsy for like any like family drama. Oh, God, yeah. It's fine, cats doing it all. Yep. I like that idea. Family politics is dangerous, man. It is, and I have had my fair share of run-ins with mothers or fathers of brides and grooms. Not, Mm. not, nothing excessive, but it's very much, and I, I, you know... I'm very honest. I had I had a consultation with a couple this morning before I came in, and you know I did say that to her. I was like, I am the person who, in the final weeks, I'm I'm there purely for you as a couple. I'm also there usually as a soundboard. So when your bridesmaids, your groomsmen, or your groomsmaids and your bridesmaids, whatever you've got, are maybe stressing you, out, your family are stressing you, out, vent to me, get yes, off your yeah. chest, have that. And I hate the expression, but you know, bridezilla groomzilla moment, whatever it is, get it off your chest. Great, that's fine. Absolutely no problem at all. Um, being married to a psychologist probably helps. Uh, <laughs> I have a very um, nuanced understanding being surrounded by self-help, anxiety, mm. um, mindfulness books. So, um, yeah, it does help. But it is a big part of what is involved in the job is, you know, getting those phone calls of, ah, they're driving me mad. My bridesmaids aren't doing what they're supposed to or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, invariably does happen, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> I'm going to take a chocolate lime. Go for it. Yeah, because I love chocolate limes. And uh, fond memories of going down to the local chippy in Coatbridge in oh, my childhood and getting uh, a quarter quarter pound bag of chocolate limes. Yeah, well, Probably not well, the best uh, sweet, though, to eat while I'm trying look, to do a podcast. I, I, I picked up the eclair midway through you talking, just a sly one, and I was like... Yeah. <laughs> no, I just swallowed so a good. In terms of, like, portfolio, what, what would you like to put out there? Oh, obviously, I know, because I've checked out. I, I do like couples who are, you know, it's that chilled, laid back, very much what you said, very minimalist. You know, it's about the wedding. It's about the emotion of the day. It's about those little little personal touches that, you know, make the day theirs um, and have a very laid back vibe to them. I, I don't want to say the word boho because I think that's maybe overused and mm. perhaps not nailing it quite. Mm. But I do like that vibe of we're here to have a celebration surrounded by the people that we love I want it to look good, but I don't want to get fixated on the point of that's what it's about. It's not about that. That Mm -hmm. helps frame what it's about. And that for me is ultimately what I'm, I I kind of want to put out there in terms of that, that vibe of it's a celebration of love. That's what it is ultimately at the end of the day. And I think we kind of sometimes forget that you're standing up there saying you are wanting to commit to somebody for the rest of your life. And that's a privilege to be part of. So I want couples who, want a day that is a celebration and is, you know, relaxed about it, but want it to look good yeah. without being overly, oh, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for. It doesn't need the fanfare sometimes. Yeah. And I get that there's a, there's a market for that and I get that absolutely and I respect that, but I don't necessarily think that's the kind of couple that I would, I'm not looking to try and achieve that with the couples I work with. 
Yeah. That makes sense? Totally does, yeah. Oh, God, I've said that about five times. I'm going back <laughs> in for the sweetie and you oh, yeah. do some talking now. Yeah, go. <laughs> having three answers, Greg was giving some very aggressive crunching. I was like, yeah. rude. <laughs> committed to the crunch. Oh, Commit my God. to it. Own it, own it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm... Oh, it's because I talk so much. I'm, I'm, a, I'm from a family of talkers. Like, there's no getting away from that at all. Um, so much so that I obviously had to make a speech on my own wedding day because <laughs> why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone else is thinking yeah, as well. Yeah, why, wouldn't like, she? why wouldn't she? I was like, from a family of talkers, as a rowdy group at the back, and they're like, way! Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with talking much. That's fine. That's fine. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye-bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative-friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. Well, let's tack a little bit. That's a a sailing reference. Tack? Change direction. Is that what tack means? Because, like, really? Yeah. I thought it meant, like, thank you in Danish. Tack. Well, yes, that also means that. Tack, tack. Oh, tack, change tack. of tact. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that where that expression comes from? Change of tact? Uh, or tack? We're going to tack. You know what? I could be completely wrong here. I'm going to research this and then see if I leave it in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just make you doubt yourself totally. <laughs> yeah, you have. Uh, let's talk about the kind of the backbone for any, well, for the majority of businesses. Let's talk about the backbone of any business. Networking. On your website, it describes <laughs> you obviously as a visionary. Cool. But it also says that you've got an unrivaled book of creative contacts, and I like the way it's written. Yeah, good. Because it makes you badass. Well, the thing is, it's, but you're right. It's like, I am badass. <laughs> bra, bra, you're we've right. already established that. Um, <laughs> without coming across arrogant, I'm a lovely person. Um, <laughs> so, I don't want lovely cat here. I want cr- crazy criminal cat. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's as a wedding planner, how can you possibly call yourself a wedding planner if you haven't gone out there and tried to you know build relationships up and actually you know i'm sure heather from broadbrides when she was on talked about the fact that i stalked her you know i was just right right in that stalked heather stalked heather (laughs) damn right um i like i am i've already said i'm a really chatty person and Mm. relationships is an absolute fundamental cornerstone in this industry but i think for the role that i do how can i possibly like recommend people to my couples without trying to establish a relationship or, you know, build some sort of understanding of what those suppliers do and whether or not I'm comfortable saying I can trust these people to work on your wedding and achieve what you want them to achieve. How can I do that if I haven't done my homework? I have to build that relationships and, you know, do my homework and understand, you know, who's out there, what do they offer, what are they about and are they the type of person that's going to click with my client? Mm. You know, Excuse me. There's nothing worse than you get there and like there's no chemistry between the couple and their photographer or their filmmaker. Like that's awkward. Yeah. And it's, you know, they're not they're not going to get the images that they want at the end of it because ultimately it's just that it's it's just not it's not a nice nice 
nice atmosphere to have to be in. So yeah, networking's key. And I think when I um, launched, there's an element of naivety there. You, you know, I didn't really know the industry that well, but I went out there and I started, like I said, I went out and emailed 10 different local planners and okay, only three came back to me, but do you know what? Fair play. And just started, you know, getting styled shoots together. My sister, um, who's, you know, got a good Instagram following was the one that she put a shout saying, my sister needs a photographer. That's when Melody got in touch because she followed my sister and was like, dying to do something in Scotland. Like, yeah, yeah tell her I'm going to be over. Let's do something, you know, and, and being able to maintain that that um, relationship. Wendy, who made my own wedding dress from Flossie and Dossie, I went and spoke to her and said, look, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What's your thoughts? Um, would you be willing? And, you know, every shoot I've pretty much done, it's been a Flossie and Dossie dress that's been in it because, like, stuff's stunning. And I've yeah. maintained that relationship. And through those relationships, then somebody else will say, well, actually, you might actually benefit from getting to know this person. So... I had seen one of the style shoots I did at the start. I'd seen um, Melanie from Briar Rose Designs. I'd done a shoot at the Govan Baths with the flower cap that was made, the swimming cap that was made of flowers. Right. She did it a few years ago. Kat Robertson was involved with the makeup Uh um, and Wendy's um, lingerie range was part of the shoot. And I'd seen that swimming cap, like proper 1920s vibe, but it was a swimming cap made of flowers. And I was like... I need this woman in my life. <laughs> like, I need to know who she is. And uh-huh. that, you know, I, I messaged her. I was like, look, I'm putting together a shit. I'd really like you to be involved. And contacted Kat Robertson that way and Jillian from Pin Up Hair. I was like, hi, this is who I am. I'm new. You know, I'm really upfront and honest. Brand spanking shiny and you. I totally get you might not want to work with me, but hi. <laughs> and through doing that and being consistent and sort of just maintaining those relationships. And Heather, I submitted the shoot and um, Heather's like, oh yeah, it's great. I'm going to publish it. But she just had um, her second way one at the time. And <laughs> so yeah. time, time was just, you know, getting sucked up with um, that side of things. So I was like, mm. hi, hi, it's me. Hi, do you want to meet for coffee? Shall we meet for coffee? Hi, you said you were going to meet for me for a coffee. Shall we meet for a coffee? Um, and eventually she met me for a coffee. And um, yeah, she's one of my besties. Um, and the same with Mel. And then Heather was like, do you know who you'd really get on great with? Sarah from Photomacket. You should like speak to Sarah. Met Sarah, went out for our first friend date on Valentine's Day, actually, that <laughs> year. Romantic. I know, I know. They were like, what are you doing on the 14th? I'm not doing anything with my husband, are you? No, neither am I. Shall we meet up? Okay, then. So, yeah, that was our, our first meet. And, mm-hmm. you know, through Instagram, following people, liking people, commenting, engaging people in conversation. And, you know, if you admire somebody's work, shout about that like don't don't sit there and I, I know it's too easy to sort of scroll and just go like 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 mm. but if you want to really build relationships and that's part of the reason why I'm chatting to you guys I'm like oh my god this is amazing I love this <laughs> and people then will be like oh there's you know sincerity there they're not just saying it for the sake of and I get that networking takes up time and you know particularly when we head into wedding season it's like see you later family and friends <laughs> Catch you in autumn. Yeah. I mean, that is how it feels. Um, yeah. So it is important to sort of try and maintain those relationships it, through any means, WhatsApp, comments on on social media and trying to meet up for the odd coffee when you can. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, I think um, Heather talked about it and Gillian did as well as part of the Wedding Collective. Community is so important. Yeah. Mm. You know, we are mostly sole traders or if you're lucky enough to work at a duo, you guys are so lucky. Um, you wouldn't you, say that. Yeah, yeah. How dare I've you? heard, I've heard. Um, you're the you organiser. You're the organiser, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the charm. And the good looks. And the modesty. And the modesty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do work on our own. So yeah. a lot of the time. So it's important. Otherwise, for your sanity, you need to have those relationships and people that get 
what you're going through, not even just in terms of whether it's film, forestry or, or, or makeup or whatever, the business side of it, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, you're, you're self-employed, so you can all relate to each other in those, those, those challenges as well. So yeah, yeah networking is yeah. absolutely fundamentally key, more so I would say than any other aspect when it comes to wedding plan, on a, in my personal opinion. Yeah. It's actually been a, a a recent conversation about moving office actually to a bigger space where we can get more creatives into yeah. work yeah, like, together. That's exactly the reason why Susie sort of came in here is to have someone else to talk to yeah. and mm. just bounce off of and David Ruff's now in here as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, could there be something bigger and yeah, that actually has more purpose built sort of thing? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I am a people person. It's, by the nature, which is ironic because it's a it's a real it's a real split of my my sort of time. I'm a people person and the job involves me being at a wedding filled with rooms of people and suppliers and chat and all the rest of it. But the other part of it is me sitting in a in, in my home office dealing with emails and doing admin and spreadsheets, to do yeah. lists, budget trackers. And that's really like it's lonely. And I do struggle to sort of keep myself motivated on those I'm at home in the office all day. Mm. Like if my husband works from home, even just having him in the next room working, I I am more productive because there's that background hum of there's somebody else there. I can pop my yeah. head in. Oh, I'm going to have a wee break. Oh, do you want to? Yeah, we'll sit and have a wee. Oh, lovely. So I definitely think that, um, you, you know, you do need that. And yeah, I totally get like if expanding the space so you can actually have the opportunity to just work with somebody just because you need that. It's it's apparently, somebody told me, I can't remember who told me this, that the reason why you see so many sort of people sitting working in like coffee shops is because the ambient noise is apparently for humans to be the most productive they can be ambient noise background noise should be about 70 decibels and that allows you to be more productive apparently in a coffee shop yeah. on average that's the decibel that you get which yeah. is why you find that most people tend to enjoy being in a coffee shop and it's more productive no, here's the top coffee. tip it's the top coffee tip. <laughs> yeah and the coffee obviously yeah. and here's greg with his um noise reducing headphones on <laughs> he's not playing anything he's just channeling me out yeah that's just rude <laughs> you're not being productive enough greg Listen to me, I will make you productive. Talking about other suppliers and your unrivaled book of creative contacts, when you've sort of built up this friendship, how do you know when you can trust to recommend them to your couples? How do they progress into that? Yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, style shoots are a great way of doing that because ultimately you've built up a relationship. You know how they work. They know how you work. Um, and also just maintaining that contact on a regular basis and investing that time. I think when it tips into the, do you trust them? I think it's one of those ones where I'm of the mindset of, would I trust, if this was my wedding, would I trust this person to do it? Right. Um, and you, and you know, and if it's perhaps somebody that I've not worked with before, or, you know, a couple's maybe already booked somebody other asking me for a recommendation and it's maybe not a supplier that I'm familiar with, I will go to other planners and say, look, does anybody else yeah. have experience of working with them? Because ultimately, you know, I've not worked with every person I don't think any of us have, let's be honest, that'd be a tall order. So sometimes it is um, using your relationships with others to be able to get that recommendation to give you that confidence to go, okay, that's fine. It's a gut instinct. Don't get me wrong, I've not got it perfect. There has been one example whereby I recommended somebody and it was the wrong thing to do and it, you know, it invariably ended in a, didn't, it didn't, it wasn't anything major, but I had to have a conversation with a couple the day before the wedding to say, this isn't exactly what you wanted. And I'm really sorry, but this supplier has let me down and I have had to go back to them, but they're not prepared to budge. They were fine about it. It wasn't a major thing as part of the wedding, but it did, it taught me a valuable lesson in terms of 
investing the time and actually knowing the person or at least knowing somebody who knows them confidently enough to be able to go yeah that's it sometimes it's too easy to go oh well actually these venues have used them before and therefore hey they've been used by several venues so that must be that's a good sign particularly for 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 suppliers who perhaps don't come up in every single wedding you know you're always going to have a photographer you're always going to have florist all those sorts of things so it is um it is important that i you know invest that time in relationships and then you know, ask for recommendations and also try and make time to just meet people face to face. Again, and the only reason I'm saying, I feel like messaging, mentioning Dan again, it's because I listened to that podcast. Um, I was on a plane um, down to Birmingham on Tuesday. So I was listening to that podcast there, and he was talking about obviously moving to, to Italy and, yeah. you know, going out there and, you know, some people would be really... Um, willing to actually have those conversations go yeah let's go meet for coffee and others don't and I get that you can't possibly you can't possibly meet everybody like you just can't there isn't the time for it and I get a lot of um, emails now from suppliers um, photographers filmmakers who maybe want to come to Scotland to build their portfolio oh we'd love to work with you love to work with you and I'd you know at first I would reply to all them saying thanks so much but I just don't have the time now and I feel bad but I've become much more clear around if they've taken the time to address it to me and it's only been sent yeah. to me, that makes yeah. a big difference. If it's a hi there and you can see it's just been a BCC, everybody and their their dog job, I'm like, yeah. delete, you know? I think, does, does, is there anyone out there who actually reads those messages? I mean, yeah. I'm sure, maybe you, can, you read them, but you know them a mile off and you know yeah. they're not. It's the same people that are sending their money to the Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can instantly tell when an email is just a bulk email. Oh yeah, but if somebody goes to the detail of learning about you and yeah. send, sending you some custard creams, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Gl- gluten, gluten free, Gl- gluten free, gluten free, yeah. custard Gl- creams, gluten free. Please, Bye. that'd be great. <laughs> oh bloody! Yeah. Well, I don't. I-, I think it's a German company, actually. Scharf. 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 I would have said Scharf. Scharf. To be fair, they're in Tesco, so oh, okay. other other supermarket sand brands are available. <laughs> oh, it's not the BBC. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, so it must be it must be really difficult to have a to have a a brand where other people's business affect your brand. Yeah. That must be really tough, actually, especially when you're starting out. Uh, oh. do, do you ever work with anyone who's new? Like, so you 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 like you said, you're kind of fresh blood. Do you feel then that you want to work alongside people who are the same kind of wedding <sighs> generation as you? Yeah, no, I get that. I think it's... Even though, you know... Yeah, no, I totally, <laughs> I totally get what you mean. And it is, it's that difficulty because when I was the, the noob, I was the one going out there saying, hi, people, you know, work with me. Now, there's no reason for anybody to turn around and go, yeah. Let's, let's, you know, I'll do a style shit for her. You know, there's no, no, what's the incentive for established businesses? What's the incentive for them? Um, so, you know, there is a, a, going back to the whole network and it is a, a lot of getting FaceTime so people can actually really see what you're about. Yeah. Um, as a wedding planner, it is that difficult dynamic of I am entrusting, I'm, I'm entrusted with my couple's wedding and therefore the suppliers that I recommend for that, I have to be confident and 100% confident that they will absolutely. I have to trust that they'll be able to do a great job. And if they're new to the industry, it's that balance of how can I trust if I don't know there's a portfolio there? So there yeah. is a real, it's a real quandary. <laughs> it is. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit there and say, I absolutely don't work with new people. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, if we all had that attitude, 
nobody would <laughs> nobody would get into the industry let's be honest yeah. like everybody was new we were all new at one point so it is it's a difficult one and I think that's where it goes back to that the example that I gave whereby I, I was a little bit maybe too trusting without doing the, the legwork mm-hmm. um, and that came came back and bit me in the backside so I do sort of really build those relationships and when it comes to new people I'd have to have a really strong reason as to why I would recommend them over and above somebody that's maybe more established that being said I don't go to my couple and say here's one option I always say to my couples I'm going to give you I try to keep it to about three or four five absolute maximum because otherwise it just becomes overwhelming you guys will know that so you know I will go to them and say right these are the suppliers, I'll also give them the price range based on their budget. So these are in and around your budget. I'll always give them an option that's maybe a little bit above the budget. And I'll also give them an option that's a little bit below their budget. And I clearly signpost that to yeah. them so that they understand what they're getting. Mm. And I will, you know, give them a, a sort of breakdown of if I've worked with them before, sort of the background of them, who they are, so that they kind of get a vibe of what the the, the, the company or the, the person's about. Uh-huh. Ultimately, it's their decision. And I make that very clear as part of the service offering as well. You're right. Other suppliers do directly affect, reflect on me, mm. but I'm not liable for their work. And yeah. I do make that clear to my, my my couples. It is a case of I'm I'm a funnel. That's basically, I'm a funnel to try, you know, you Google Glasgow wedding photographer, yeah. Glasgow wedding videographer. It's like yeah. overwhelmed. I mean, you just sit there and you just go, and if you've not, if you're not, if you've never got married before, where'd you begin? Oh, you, yes. How do you know what you like? Exactly, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of it's understanding different styles of photography, filmmaking, you know, what do they like? What don't they like? So straight away you're starting from there and then you give them the options. But for me, it, it is difficult. I have to have a really good, strong relationship. Ideally, I'd like to have worked with them or at least done some form of styled shoot to be able to be confident that I could recommend them. But then that's the same with, with me. You know, the wedding last Friday, Joe and Liam recommended me two years ago. Now, two years ago, I wasn't even a year old. Yeah. I was still, I had, I barely had, I had a handful of weddings under my belt. Mm. And Joe, who'd gotten to know me through Broad Brides, was like, yeah, I think she'd be great for you. I think you, you could really use her help. So there's a trust, there is a, there's a leap of faith involved as well, I think. Yeah. And that goes for any element of the, the industry. So, yeah. Obviously, you do a lot of Facebook and Instagramming. And especially the stories. You do a lot of stories. I see you talking a lot and I, I quite enjoy it, to be honest. You're quite open with it. Um, like I said, chatter, overshare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it important for your brand to, to do that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm the product. Yeah. You know, as pretty as my Instagram feed might look and, you know, as pretty as my website might look, they're not buying that. They're buying me. I'm the product. So, yeah. you know, for you guys... The, the cakes as I said anything that's got a tangible product that's what the couple are looking at they look at that and they can go oh that's fine it's great but I'm the product so they need to get to know me and for some people it's you know some people are dropping an email when was the last time you guys got a phone call to say hi we want to inquire about our wedding does that ever happen anymore does anybody actually pick up the phone it did happen yes! last month <laughs> a month ago yeah first yeah. time in 10 years <laughs> It was usually it's a car crash. It always catches you off guard. You're like, it's a proper call. It's not yeah. a call center. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, okay. Right. What did I do? I've not got my elevator pitch ready or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true though. So a lot of couples, you know, they'll drop you an email, and then it's that whole education of right. Well, this is what I can offer. This is sort of my minimum fees. And if you go in straight away with minimum fees, a lot of the time people will be like, oh God, actually, was that really, have we factored that into our budget? Mm. So I think a big part of it for me is trying to get that FaceTime and a big way of doing that without having to actually 
for couples without having to actually reach out to me initially, they get to know me through Instagram and through my Instagram stories. Um, I'm I am bad for being inconsistent in how frequently I do this. I'm trying to get better. So okay. I go through phases of mm-hmm. I'm on their loads and then suddenly it'll like yeah. airtight will drop and then I'm like, okay. oh my God, I've not done this enough. <laughs> so yeah, Instagram stories are a big part of allowing people to get to know me. Because ultimately yeah. if they get if they think oh, I like her. She seems like my kind of person. Mm-hmm. They're more inclined to probably go ahead and go, actually, we'll drop our line. Let's chat. Let's book. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. And that that kind of touches on my kind of next point I wanted to make about the organization. Because obviously people know that putting out content regularly is beneficial yeah. for the algorithms and all that kind of yeah. stuff. All the witchcraft. Yeah. Do you have any... You probably just answered this. Do you have any routines for your <laughs> social media... <laughs> <laughs> but I decided that, haven't I? Um, haphazard and um, as and when. I, I do try to sort of, uh, you know, I try to post at least twice a week. I get the whole, I, every day would be ideal. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> let's all be honest. You know, it's just, yeah. you can. Like, I you can. Know. I, you know, I mean, you just can. Yeah. I, I mean, there are people out there that can. And I get there's lots of tools out there to help you in terms of automate it. But I don't know. I just feel for me, I like it to be, and I get that probably from a time saving, I, I ironically be in the planning, you think I'd be about all about the efficiency, <laughs> but I like the authenticness of posting something and it being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now I know that probably puts a bit more pressure on me, but I do try to stick the rule of two a week and I try to, to story at least a couple of times a week. That part, uh, yeah. getting a bit better at. Yeah. Um, do you, so obviously you, you use your Facebook for, for live videos you use your Instagram for stories. Kind of similar content. Do you have a preferential one for any kind of content that you use? I think Instagram is great for just general behind the scenes stuff. I think, yeah. I think, and couples do, when I, I go back and look at sort of the interaction and the response that I've had, it's all been the sort of behind the scenes stuff, you know, not necessarily the, you know, you could put the professional front high. I'm kind of a wedding today and this is it's just about you know the realities of what's going on behind the scenes so you mm-hmm. know I've got in my highlights reel there's the Harry Potter marathon that I did with my stepson last I October I recently watched that again <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy it and right so you know it's a Harry Potter marathon it has hee-haw to do with wedding planning <laughs> like you know and Jack my stepson bless him is not going to be at any of those weddings um, so you know it's and that had such like the amount of people that were like is there a couple of not the the amount of interaction I got and from people and the amount of new followers I got off the back of that was just really interesting and it just showed to me people were more interested in sort of the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I think Joe touched on it when I was doing the my kit bag as well. Like I did a story on my kit bag this was a wee while ago. Um, around everything that I kind of have in my kit bag, and the mm-hmm. people were like, "That is amazing! You you carry all of that to your weddings. What do you have in there? Why do you do it? What sort of things do you need to get asked for for that?" Um, so yeah, behind the scenes stuff I think works really well because mm-hmm. uh, suppliers and potential clients probably get something from it. Yeah, but yeah, the, the Harry Potter marathon is definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> There's a Lord of the Rings one in the pipeline, but <gasps> it's a really oh, don't. It, but you don't go Hobbit, do you? My husband wants to commit to the full thing. The full thing. As any responsible adult would, but it's The Hobbit. Yeah, I know. I mean, no, not feeling it. I just, I... Uh, feel like they took one book and dragged it out over three uh, films unnecessarily. Yeah, I was trying... <laughs> I mean, that's, the common, that's, the common, that's the common thing that people say, right? And it is true. I, I wish I had something else better to say, but it's... It's true. Yeah, it's I remember boring. reading that um, in Primary 4, our teacher, that was our class book. Bear in mind, I grew up in Shetland, so our classes were like 15... 
at the most. <laughs> um, so that was our class book, Primary Four. So we would read the The Hobbit. It's Primary Four. Like they took a book that you're reading in Primary Four and made it into three epic yeah. movies. Mm. What? Yeah. So yeah. But Lord of the Rings, not <laughs> talked of director's uh, version, obviously. Yeah, that's what we would be doing, director's cut. So Fantastic. yeah. Fantastic. So it's about 23 hours worth of film we've worked out roughly. <laughs> oh my um, how much is Harry Potter? Because there's eight of them, right? So that was, um, yeah. we worked out it was 19 hours, I think, or oh, 20 hours. Wow. It was a kick off the arse off. Yeah. Because obviously they split the, book, the final book into two films. Yeah. And top which, tip. Which for, caught you out on your Instagram yeah. story, I noticed. <laughs> so top tip for anybody that's planning on doing the um, Harry Potter marathon or any marathon, do it in the summer when it's light um, and not dark for half the time because we did it in October. And also, don't do the two films break, two films break. Hammer as many films as you can as soon as you get up. Oh, because okay. actually that was a mistake that we made. By doing two break, two break, by the time we got to the evening, it was dark. Jack was getting tired. Mm. Had we just hammered maybe three in a row in the morning, then break, then yeah. another three, mm-hmm. we possibly would have done it. But <laughs> yeah. God love him, he gave it his best shot. <laughs> you both did, to be fair. The first uh, video is you, and you look tired as all hell, and I'm like, have I skipped to the end? <laughs> <laughs> What's, the going end of wedding day? What's going on? <laughs> it's like, no, this is the start. Oh, it's f- what was it, five, four, four, four o'clock, o'clock in the morning? In the morning. <laughs> like, four o'clock oh, in the morning. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I get <laughs> Your face, <it>. Greg's <laughs> face. Four o'clock in the morning, that's dedication for yeah. you. Yeah. That's some top organizational tips there <laughs> yeah top honestly and the only reason is because actually um a girl came up to me the beginning of this week and actually referenced to me my daughter watched that and is now saying that we have to do the harry potter marathon this weekend <laughs> oh, and i was man. like top tips for you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah which goes to prove that that's the sort of stuff that i think people resonate with they want mm. to know who you are and i know you know i know you guys had joe and liam on and like Joe, I love Joe's stories. Like, and that, I hadn't met Joe, and yeah. I remember the first time I met her, actually physically meeting her. I walked around the corner, and um, it was for a, a, a broad brides um, workshop, and I walked around the corner. I was like, Joe, you don't know me because you can't see the other side of the story when you're doing your Instagram stories, and it was that awkward moment of. Don't worry, it happens all the time, yeah. cat. I was like, okay, oh, panic. So yeah, and um, yeah. So that's yeah, I, I do. I think the, the the Instagram stories are great for kind of getting people to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, th- something else that's really good for it is um, Carol Ann from Harper Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's great. Mm-hmm. I love her stories. And <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny story about Carol Ann. Okay. So talking to go, this kind of loops back to networking, um, building relationships, and sort of chatting through Instagram. So I really like Caroline's work and I'd sort of been trying to build that relationship so I'd be messaging her back and forward on Instagram and it was around about the time she was pregnant with Hattie mm-hmm. um, and she's messaged me back and forward and I'd been chatting for about maybe three or, three or four months and um, chatting away and then she messaged me off the back of something saying oh how are you feeling it's, it's getting really tough now isn't it when's your due date <laughs> I was like she thinks I'm Cat Robertson <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Kat Robertson was pregnant around about the same time as Carol Ann. Yeah. So we'd been oh. messaging back and forward for about four months. Um, and I kind of had to message her back. And I was like, Carol, I think, I think you think. And she's like, oh my, she was more, oh my God, I'm so mortified. I'm so mortified. I'm so mortified. But um, 
brilliant though because actually yeah. you know off the back of that then we you know it was one of those ones where we actually finally met and she's like oh my god i can't believe it. i was like oh it's so funny um so yeah um, that is amazing. i love it like, insta land eh? yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah and yeah obviously i'm gonna leave that on the podcast because it's hilarious yeah and she's like, gonna be listening so embarrassed <laughs> It goes back to the whole thing of me stalking Heather and then me stalking Caroline, but then Caroline thinking I was obviously somebody completely different. <laughs> but it all worked out in the end. It's all good. It's all good. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And you're now all friends who know each other. Yes. <laughs> For like reels? For like reels. For like reels. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from social media, but still sort of talking about being organised, a lot of creatives in the wedding industry or creatives in general default saying oh i'm a creative i'm not organized i don't like systems or <laughs> stuff like that unlike yourself though but unlike me yeah <laughs> he likes a good, a good but you're the nature of your job you touched on for you work in the creative industry but much more organized being the organized end of it i would hope how do you the title's literally a planner. <laughs> yeah. That's like an epic fail if you're not nailing that part of the job <laughs> so does that come naturally to you Oh yeah, organized. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I am. I am the organizer. I'm the oldest three girls. I am the the one that yeah, I'm just. I'm the mar- bossy one. That's what my sisters would say. <laughs> um, even the police officer, bossy one. Um, yeah, it's just naturally how I am. I am organized. I am. That's just. That's how I'm built. I like to plan things. I, it's just how I operate. It's not to say that I can't deal with the curveball. Obviously, the very nature of doing wedding planning is you can't deal with curveballs forget about it you know you just shouldn't be doing the gig yeah. um but you know you have to have a plan and then a backup plan and i love that it's very much natural to me it's you know all the jobs that i've worked in before i've worked in banking and then retail and as a manager and that jobs involves time management people management skills organizational skills you know you you might have your day planned out but you're also responsible for a team that team will have things that crop up that throw your plans out so you have to adapt and evolve so yeah absolutely I I, I love a good to-do list I love a spreadsheet I love ticking things off I remember <laughs> chatting to Caroline about putting together table plans for a wedding explaining how I do that and she was like oh my god the admin that you do in your job just stresses me out <laughs> like like that is my worst nightmare um but I love it you know I, it's just and it becomes natural to me so I think you have to really enjoy it the same for you guys same for everybody in this field you have to you have to enjoy what you do otherwise yeah. it does become a struggle and if you do get to that point where it is a struggle you've got to question if it's the right thing for you anymore the biggest thing as I already said is that I struggle with is just sitting at home alone <laughs> with my my to-do list and my spreadsheets that I love but um yeah I, I, that's um, I like the sort of interaction of other people so yeah. hence why networking is like key <laughs> so so now i'm kind of building a picture of your day so you sit alone you do your work you go a little bit stir crazy and then you get on social media right you do your live stories yeah, <laughs> and then you're much. like Phew! yeah then i said but that's it though it's the case where it's that outlet and um i you know i'll sit there and i've got like different whatsapp groups with different people and i'm like mm. i know you're at a wedding today but um <laughs> or like leaving voice notes i love a voice note yeah like oh yeah it's quicker than texting like if you're trying to sit there and obviously if we've already established I'm a bit of a rambler, if you're trying to sit there and just sort of text, it it can take so much longer. Whereas I can sit there and like press hold and just talk and then send a what uh, you know, WhatsApp voice note or, or whatever. And then, you know, it's like you're having you're able to have a conversation with somebody who's 
trying to work too without distracting each other with having a phone next mm. to you. You can have a conversation going back and forward. Yeah. And it is, you get that vocal aspect of the person's voice. It's, oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a way of having a conversation that you could probably fill in like half an hour, but you can have it over the period of the day and you feel you've got that connection. So, mm. um, a voice note I'm telling you guys, revolutionized. Forget texts, forget voice texts, voice, voice notes, notes. All the way. voice notes all the way. All right. Like 100%. Texting is like, texting's done, guys. You heard it here first. I'm going to try doing that. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm generally gonna do that. Sometimes I leave little videos. Oh, Sorry. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hang on. Hang on. Where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> Got a voice note. Um, I voice. I've actually voiced it to my sister this morning to wish her happy. I sang happy birthday to her. She's Aww. in Carnoustie, so and she's busy paddleboarding up a hill or something somewhere. So I just left her a voice note. But yeah, I do voice notes a lot. So. Um, Hey guys, I'm just on the podcast with Cinemate. So, uh, Caroline and Heather, I thought you'd appreciate me sending you a voice note whilst I'm on here. So, um, hope you guys are good. Let hey me know guys. what you're up to. Yeah, hey. say hi, guys. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm just on the podcast with Cinemate. So, uh, Caroline and Heather, I thought you'd appreciate me sending you a voice note. To so, just, just send, just <laughs> send. Yeah, yeah there we right. go. Heather and Caroline. So, yeah, so that'll Bam. go through them. Tell so, yeah, we do do that a lot. And I do that with other like it's just quicker particularly like on a wedding day as well mm. it's just quicker if i need to just sort of like my dad has a terrible habit of phoning me and i'm like dad i'm, I'm at a wedding <laughs> <laughs> i told you this so I'll, I'll text you and i'll see you tomorrow okay? i'm sure Love it's not bye. as calm as that <laughs> no to be fair actually because like, he's, he's, he's he doesn't he'll phone and then he'll like text to say did you get my phone call and i'm like <laughs> so yeah so a voice note goes a long way yeah, yeah that's cool I'm I feel like we went way off tangent are there, there. any other <laughs> sort of programs or services that you use to sort of either manage your life or your business <laughs> that could translate I, to other people so in terms of like for my, my clients in terms of you know planning and project management there's so many different things to try and keep track of with weddings and if you're not you're not just planning one wedding at a time obviously you're planning several weddings at a time and they're all at different stages they all involve different um degrees of support so i have a, a system called aisle planner it's an american company um but it is effectively it's 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 project management but it's project management specifically designed for yeah. wedding planning um and it's great because you can incorporate all your lead management in there you can incorporate all your templates for timelines, um, seating plans, all that sort of stuff can be incorporated into that. You can assign tasks to your couple. So you can effectively onboard your couple onto their wedding project. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a timeline checklist and they can go in. It's got a design studio so you can start to narrow down the aesthetic. Uh -huh, right. Yeah, you've got the contacts in there. So every time a supplier is booked, you put them on there, their details are on there, their payment schedule's on there. And then the system automatically generates the reminders for the payments. So it helps really keep it very seamless yeah. um, because when I first started, I was doing it through, you know, Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, and that was fine. But as the, as I started to take on more and more weddings, it was just becoming too difficult to try and manage it yeah. in mm -hmm. different folders. And I just was like, no, I need something and um, reached out to other planners and a lot of them were like, we'll try this. Some people find it works really well for them. Some people prefer to just stick to old school and I know there's other project management systems out there but yeah it's absolutely the one that does the job for me perfectly and it's it's great because it has got every possible checklist item that you could possibly think of and it's not just a checklist for what you're going to do for the couple it's actually really good in the fact that it's checklist items on there for them for things that you won't necessarily be involved with but they still need to be reminded of so right. you know oh. for the bride in terms of alterations for her dress fittings you know all those sorts of things that you just 
buying your underwear that will complement your dress. All of those sorts of things have to be factored in and some uh-huh. people don't necessarily know that. So the checklist is absolutely definitive and you can add to it as well. And it's just really easy. So, you know, and it, it's interesting because when I do sort of message suppliers to say, hey, payment's due shortly. Do you want to send me over your invoice? Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> like I'm so used to just having to chase up and send yeah. the invoice and then chase it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it means that the couple have got full visibility and full control. I think a lot of couples sometimes do feel they still want to have that control and trying to reassure them that I'm here to help. I'm not here to take over your wedding planning. Mm. It's your wedding. Like yeah. wherever you say goes, they, it gives them that sense of, okay, I'm still in control. It's still very much my wedding and I can see everything that's going on and nothing's been done without my say so. So mm. it's a good system. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And for other suppliers, that's awesome. Like get your couples to have a planner because then they'll make <laughs> sure you get cut. paid. <laughs> you don't have to remember. Yes. <laughs> it is. It's one of those things whereby you do, because I, I, I'm a big believer of happy suppliers will do a better job for your couple on the day. And that includes being fed, being watered, you know, just being looked after. Yeah. So as much as I am there first and foremost for the couple, but a big part of that for me is making sure that the team that are there on the day are absolutely supported. I, you know, if things happen and run away with time, then it can be difficult for me to try and manage what I would like. But I think, you know, getting a meal, getting something to drink, these are all basic things at a wedding. And if you feel like you're constantly having to kind of... There's a meal coming for me, whereas yeah. it's easier yeah. for me. I'm like, got four suppliers that need fed. Got four suppliers that need fed, guys. I know you're kind of up against it, but can I get them fed? So, and it just puts the onus on me to make sure that, you know, the other suppliers are looked after. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> get a planner. <laughs> <laughs> How can any other supplier help you do your job? Or can't we help you do your job? No, no, not at all. And You guys, I think... It's interesting because every wedding that I've been to, I've had a supplier or, as I said before, like a venue coordinator who are maybe a wee bit hesitant or unsure or mm-hmm. standoffish. And I know that people have perhaps worked with planners and have had maybe bad experiences. And I get that. Uh, wedding two years ago, I had a filmmaker who was like, heard there was a planner involved. Like, not going to lie, wasn't thrilled at the prospect but then was really honest with me and said actually you you are absolutely nothing like the planner who they'd had the bad experience with so I, I get for for everybody in the industry I think planners and there's no there's no consistency in how every planner works and that's been the feedback I've had from from others in the industry is dependent on which planner they've worked with it's been a different way of working yeah. and I think that sometimes causes the the sort of hesitation and if you've maybe had a poor experience that can kind of put you off so for me I try to lay out how I'm going to work from the start. It's a big part of saying this is how it will work. I'm here to make your lives as easy as possible as well. So as much as I said, I'm there for the client, but why would I want to hack off the team that are going to create the wedding for my couple? Like my job is to make your guys' life as easy as possible. So have the gumption to know that you guys are going to want a couple's shit with them at some point during the day. Factor that in, like make that time happen. Same token, I'll also say to my couple, you need time out you tell me and I'll tell everybody to go away and I have had to do that in the past yeah. where I've had to sort of say to a photographer look time out like my couple were just like Kat we just need we just want 10 minutes yeah we just want 10 minutes and you know the photographer was like oh no but this is great and I was like can you just give him 10 minutes is that okay <laughs> ah Susie's back hey <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>, Susie <laughs> And don't be scared to ask questions. Like, I think some suppliers are, you know, hesitant to ask and because they think they're maybe being obtuse or 
they should know or is that a stupid question to ask? If you've worked with several different planners and they're all operating in different ways, don't be scared to ask a question. Like, mm. you know, as I say, I've had um, some of the other suppliers that have worked with me before and then have messaged me to say, oh, but I'm now, this this planner's working with me and they're doing this. Is that, what is that? And, I, and I'll go, well, actually, I can understand. This is how I would do it. But ultimately, maybe go back and double check with them. You yeah. know, we're, we don't mind. We're here to help. <laughs> In terms of like photographs and video content, do you like having that stuff sent to you? linked to you do you like to use that stuff like i i in general for photography i'm not really sure what the etiquette is for sharing photos and stuff obviously crediting people oh 100 like, 100 <laughs> if if i've been involved from the start it's really easy because ultimately the supply the, the photographer the filmmaker have got the gig directly off my recommendation so ultimately yeah. it would be unusual for them to turn around and go no you're not getting <laughs> you're not getting <laughs> that, would, that images. would be weird I mean, it would just be it'd just be awkward because yeah. you know, i'm not going to recommend you again so uh, yeah so but for those um couples who've perhaps booked those suppliers and then i'm coming in at the end that's where it's a slightly different relationship. If it's a photographer that I know and have a relationship with, then it's it's easy for me to sort of say, "Would you mind having use of the images?" Absolutely, fully credit you, and I, you know, I'm absolutely that is key. But you know, I'm also not naive to think that they have to. If I've not been involved from the start and I've just been brought in towards the end, they don't have to to give me those images. And I always offer to to pay for them. I, I think that's you know, and I, I get there's a whole argument in the industry at the moment around. Not argument, that's too strong a word, but there's a debate in terms of for for yourselves and, and photographers, you're creating content that other suppliers have the opportunity to utilise for their portfolios without having to pay for it. There's not many other industries that we have this. And I think David and Gail touched on that, perhaps went on their podcast way back at the start. And I get that. So I do always offer. Um, I think, you know, we we know ourselves the whole, oh, it'll be great exposure for you or free marketing. And, you know, you know, I get that. And I think it's a case of we're all here to help each other out. So I don't expect it, but I'll always ask the question. And if I've never had somebody say no to me yet, and I do put in when, when I contact, when, my, when I book my clients, I ask them to support, sign off on a photography consent. So I'm getting their permission for, to use the images. Yeah. But ultimately, I have that built in to say, with the photographer's permission as well. Um, and that's key. So I don't assume, but ultimately for me, it's very difficult to be able to showcase what I do without using the images from the weddings that I've yeah. helped organise and plan. Yeah. So I do have to make sure that I, I have those relationships to be able to ask the question. So yeah, I do absolutely want to get the the use of those images, but I understand that I'm not necessarily entitled to them. And that all comes back down to networking <laughs> and building relationships. Yeah. And that, that's kind of, obviously that's why I mentioned it, but it's like when we release a trailer, we always put down every single supplier who what, maybe doesn't even feature in the video, yeah. but just was involved in the project because yeah, for our work, it's more, focusing on the people. I mean, there's obviously some details in there, but it's more the moments that we try and yeah. capture. So. It is difficult. But, I think with yeah. Instagram as well, I've it's like that quandary of, particularly with styled shoots, if I'm putting an image up, not everybody that's been involved in that shoot is in that image. Mm. So I've tried to sort of create a, a balance of, I will tag the people who are in the image in the image because I get that that saves to their Instagram feed but then I will list everybody that's involved in the comments because ultimately if you're the cake maker you don't need the picture in your feed if it hasn't got the cake in it Yeah, but you still want to be credited for being part of the shoot and I try to do that that's sort of that's how I balance my Instagram feed if you're in the image you're tagged but if you're actually part of the wedding or the shoot I will try to list you yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that seems fair 
But it's yeah. difficult because for some weddings, you, you've got a ridiculous amount of supplies and not everybody wants to be tagged on every single. So you do feel like, mm-hmm. am I over tagging somebody? Like, are they like, oh, for the love of God? It's like, yeah, we know we were in that shirt. We know we were in that wedding. So it is difficult. You're trying to do the right thing. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even realise people were, they could get annoyed with that. I don't know. I just like, kind of always feel like I'm worried that I'm tagging people in images and it's like, yeah, they have these images. They were involved mm-hmm. in it. So they already have those images. Why they don't need me to tag? Do you, do you know that way? Uh, yeah, As yeah. opposed to the photographer, absolutely, you should be crediting. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> I'm trying to do the right thing. And I think everybody is. I don't think anybody is trying to manipulate anybody else's work as their own. So yeah. yeah. Do you have any tips or tricks or ways that you've done stuff organization wise that you feel like others could benefit from table plans is a <laughs> it's always an interesting one um you've got 200 guests at a wedding you've got a table plan up in the corner like on an a a3 or a2 stand you think those 200 people are going to get a chance to look at that and figure out where they're sitting in that big get that big ballroom of course they're not <laughs> auntie jean uncle bob wandered around going what what the heck where am i going where, where am i sitting and you know it just, i'm sure you guys have seen it yep this is one of my top tips for that side of things particularly if you're dealing with bigger weddings and i got this from um sarah jane from interning with her seating plan names sort them alphabetical order with the table that they're sitting next to in the next column so hi do you, do you know where you're sitting what's your name Simon, quick to the Simons. Yep, Simon, you're on that table and it's over there. Boom. You give a handful of those out to the ushers because that's their yeah. job, folks. Ushers yeah. are there to help. Or, you know, bridesmaids, whatever your your bag is. Your wedding party should be there to help. So hand out a few of those. And that makes their lives easier in terms of actually helping people to sit down. That helps seating go so much more seamlessly for bigger weddings, in my experience. Yes. And the amount of, um, you know, groomsmen, bridesmaids that come up to me and they're like, this is genius. <laughs> Such a good idea. Yeah. Um, but it's funny though, is when you go to somebody, what's your name? They invariably give you their surname. No, no, no I just need your first name. It's okay. It's informal. It's informal, guys. Yeah, it's like, excuse me, all the Ferguson's put their hands up. There's like 20 of them. Oh, God. Let's just stick them on the same table. Don't like them riffraffs. So it's, it's things like that about trying to figure out ways that are going to help the day run more seamlessly. Mm. Um, you know, you'll, you'll have a timeline and I know caterers will have a timeline that they put together for sort of food service and they'll have a, a, a front of house um, or event coordinator as part of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'll put together a timeline from the minute hair and makeup arrive yeah. till carriages end of. And my timeline is built in in like 15 minute blocks and it will detail who's arriving, who's departing, what's included within that section of time. Because ultimately there'll be things going on during the ceremony. So there's a ceremony, but actually this supplier's arriving for the drinks reception, yeah. that supplier's arriving for the drinks reception so that everybody can see what's going on. Now, I don't send that out to everybody because, you know, hair and makeup are only there in the morning. They don't they don't need to see the full schedule for the day. But for the likes of yourselves and for the photographer and for the caterer and the venue, it is great because everybody will have their own timeline roughly. You know, weddings tend to go a certain way. Um, so I will try to make sure. And within that, I will build in things like whatever time the couple think it's going to take takes longer. Speeches yeah. never take half an hour, guys. That's right. Yeah. Grand designs. <laughs> Grand designs, Grand mofo. Designs. Twice as long. <laughs> so, yeah, speeches is an absolute... Bride, never on time. It's just never mm. on time. Like, or, you know, in my experience and all the weddings I've done, bride has never been on time, myself included. So, you, you know, you can have your guideline, but build that into the day so that you can help, help maximise the day for everybody. The couple and the suppliers so that everybody's getting the best out of it. That comes with experience, obviously. You know, if you can't, you won't know that until you've done a few weddings and got them under your belt. And you learn, you know, and sometimes things are outside of your control. If 
One of the grooms, two brothers, decides that they want to do a 12-point speech on things you need to know about them. It's going to take longer than, you know, the 20 minutes that you allocated. Mm. <laughs> and you can't do anything about that, but you can help, you know, support everybody else in understanding, like, the band. Hey, guys. Hey, guys, don't bother rocking up when you're supposed to for set up. We're running half an hour behind. Kill your jets. Chill out. Or, you know, actually, there's some there's some food left over. I'll get you some meal while you're hanging about. It just yeah. means that for those suppliers that are coming later on, I can help facilitate their day a little bit better. So being organised is having a plan and executing it. And that is very much probably my top tip is making sure you factor in time and a little bit more <laughs> for those aspects of the day that you think are going to run seamlessly. If you've got 200 people at a wedding, don't say it's going to take 50 minutes to see everybody. Of course it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no even, matter how efficient you are, even with those sheets of paper, <laughs> oh, you're still looking yeah. at a good 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I suppose one thing that we used to film or see a lot of was we would be the, uh, what I can't even remember what they call it, the, the introduction to dinner, you know, the, the tunnel. You know, oh yeah. The, what is that called? Receiving again? line. The receiving line. Thank you. All oh, right. Yeah. We used to see that all the time, and that would take that's like an extra yeah. half as soon an as hour. You see that on the timeline. You're like, that's just a waste of half an hour or mm. more. Great for us. We could set up. <laughs> Thing is, they need, they need to apply the same rule as like the, the queen and the royal family. Shake, move. Shake, move. Shake, <laughs> yeah. move. You know, you have to say, get get them out, get them through, people. Um. So yeah, and. Part of my job is helping move things along because, you know, the couple, once they've got married, you'll see it yourselves. I've got to sweet my mouth, people, in case you think I'm saying <laughs> she went weird back, all of a sudden. She went back for it. Went back for my chocolate line. It's the same one. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and it's the same one that I'm nurturing through this entire podcast. But um, you'll see that the couple will come out of wherever they've got married and they'll just stop. And then everybody's just starts to congregate behind them and they're trying to get out the venue or the yeah. hall or the whatever <laughs> it is, unless it's outside. And I'm invariably like, right, guys. Need you to walk. You're the Pied Piper. Wherever you go, everybody will follow. And it's just little things like that. that they're, they, And it's difficult is because, you know, for yourselves and the photographer, you don't want to sort of be interfering with that. Congratulations, you got married. So it's a case of two glasses of fizz. Come with me, guys. <laughs> yeah. Come with me. Follow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I always find that funny, even at elopements, when you're like, do I say congratulations now? No, I, that mean that would mean I'm one of the first people. It just doesn't feel right. It should be Auntie Jean or something. <laughs> like, like a close. Excuse me, Granny, come here. Say congratulations first before I get in here. It is. It's awkward. And I, generally speaking, it'll be. I'll, I'll try and have the glass of fizz because ultimately, you know, you'll see this a lot of couples usually want to do the confetti shot or mm. they want to have the group shot with everybody. Maybe if it's a smaller size wedding, mm-hmm. the best time to do that is straight after the ceremony. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, 100%. the best time to do it. So it's a case of, but they're also all riding on the high of, we just got married, it's amazing. And you're like, right, okay, focus people, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah. um, because you want them to get the best at the day. So it's easy for me to be like, oh, glass of this, congratulations, come with me guys, we're going to mm. go do this now. Yeah. And everybody just naturally follows. And it makes life easier for you guys because you get it done. Yeah, 100%. And then the drinks reception can begin, then mm. you can kind of get into the rest of it. So yeah. Yeah. Especially like just after the ceremony, a ceremony is like super structured. Yeah. You know, it's like, especially if it's in a church, like really formal, there's mm-hmm. rules and etiquette you need to follow to have the ceremony end and then just to apply a little bit more etiquette and just, just get that tunnel done and confetti shot. No one really, you know, that that's kind of painless. But to get everyone out celebrating, having a drink in their hands and then get them back. Trying to coordinate that. Oh my now. goodness. Don't uh, yeah, just build it in, like yeah. build it into your timeline. If couples say, I want the confetti tunnel or the confetti shot. Great. Want the group shot. Right. It's going to happen straight after the ceremony. Yeah. Like non-negotiable. Unless the weather has other ideas. Mm-hmm. Touch eh. wood. But generally speaking, you know, that's yeah. the best time to do it. So again, factor it into your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, 
a big thing for for me is you're not I'm not just dealing with the stress of one person's wedding. Mm. I'm dealing with the stress of several people's weddings at one time. And they're all oh <laughs> pause. Well, that's just rude. It's going to be a couple now, Greg. Go get yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, that'll, that'll be a that'll be a live call. A live call. <laughs> I'm just going to check and see if I've got any. Oh, I've got a voice note back from Carol Ann. Oh my gosh. Wait, hang on. We'll, we'll play it in a minute. <laughs> it's going to actually be a couple, isn't it? Hi. Who was it? Was that a real couple? Ugh. We're laughing like that. Fix your plumbing. Plumber, mate. Nah, oh, wait, hang on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, something about the deal with the freelance something, something over there. And I was just like, I don't actually know what you're asking, so. Is it insurance for freelancers? Because uh, we've got you covered. No, uh, gun. Just gun. renewed with Jack as well. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah, I did. Are you a with Jack customer? Yeah, I'm with Jack. Oh, customer. fantastic! I'm also, I'm also Ashley's first ever wedding planner. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. So oh. influencing at all levels, guys. Mm. Um, right, got a voice note from Caroline. I don't know if I should play it or not. I definitely play it. Okay, okay. P- play it down the mic though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, someone wants to come on as another guest. There we go. See, as that was going on, I was expecting this could go. This could go. This could go somewhere else. Like, where are we going? Uh, Oh, cat! And how'd you get out of the doctors? All right. uh. (laughs) And this is how networking should really look like. <laughs> Calling up friends and on podcasts that are recorded and committed to forever. Brilliant. <laughs> oh man! Not only have you thrown her, thrown her under the bus this episode, you've played her a live message of her. Oh god, she'll love it. She'll love it. I know she will. She'll be and she'll kill me. She'll later. be hiding back in her car away from her husband and kids. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite Instagram stories of hers. Her just hiding in the car. Oh, they're in Legoland at the moment. Oh, are they? Yeah. She's she's messaging you back from Legoland? Yep. Oh my God, you guys are good friends. I'm like, <laughs> this person can wait. <laughs> I waited the voice message, delete. Yeah, note to all of Simon's friends. <laughs> You're obviously not that important. <laughs> they're all they're all like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But, um, thanks for coming in. Yes, thank it's you been very good much. Chan. It's been lovely. I'm so sorry I've rambled on as long as I have. But yeah, that's it's fine, been good. that's fine. I'm probably not going to edit as heavily as I do for this episode because I kind of like please the do. rambling. Please, please, I've been, I've been please listening do. to a lot of longer form podcasts, and obviously, I edit our podcast down to, you know, I even take out some of the spaces, and I'm kind of liking the joy of the Cats hearing rambling. the thoughts or <laughs> <laughs> catching all those souls and ums. ums. <laughs> <laughs> Backtracks. If people want you know. to find more of those souls, where, <laughs> where can they see your Instagram stories? Uh, so, yeah, handles the same on all of them. Um, Finn Flickra, no umlet though. So it is just F I N F L U K R A. Um, and the same website.com and the same on Facebook as well. 
Mm-hmm. Nice and straightforward. Nice once you get past the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. And ours are? Ours are Cinemate Films everywhere. And <laughs> cinematefilms.co.uk forward slash podcast if you want to get links to the show notes and stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Today's review comes from Susie Lee. Some of you might have heard of her. Oh my goodness, not uh, her again. The title was Keeps Me Motivated. And we didn't force her to write this. Love listening to the boys podcast, even though I get to hear most of it firsthand when it's actually getting recorded. She tries not to listen to it, she says though. Even when I'm listening to a podcast that isn't related to what I do, for example, videography, I still find it super informative and it makes me realise how much there is still to learn in this industry. Waking up and listening to this weekly gets me super hyped and inspired for the day. Thanks, Cinemate. No, thanks, Susie. Thank you, Susie Lee Aww, Photography. She's actually here listening She's to actually, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening to the way you're reading it because it's probably got no full spot stops and you had to like <laughs> add it in yourself. Greg, like, can, points. Greg can read. <laughs> yeah, thanks, boys. It's been great. And I always want to be part of these potties, but I know I just ruined it for you. So It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. here you are forcing your way into the <laughs> ending of the podcast. <laughs> Which doesn't know is that mic's not on. Oh. <laughs> it is, 100% on. It is. it is. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hit that subscribe button, just so you know when the next episode goes online. Leave a review. That really is a help to grow the podcast. And if you don't want to do that, totally cool. You're still our friends. But just tell a friend about the podcast. Until next time, enjoy your life.